I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever stopped and thought, what would happen if your pet got sick or you had to make a really hard choice? This episode, we'll be talking about pet grief and the process of losing a pet. Today, I have a special guest, my partner, who will be sharing his journey of grief and any tips he has if you are experiencing this. We are going to cover the process of putting a pet down and the costs involved. Trigger warning, this may be emotional, so make sure you take good care of yourself. Welcome back to today's episode on the What is Eating You podcast. It is 2024 and I'm so excited to have my partner on his second ever episode to talk about a little bit of a sensitive topic. But when I spoke about losing our dog on social media, I was inboxed by so many people who were either going through the same journey or who appreciated the updates. And that's why I thought I would do a podcast to go into more detail about it. So welcome to the show, my love. How are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to record this podcast. Me too, and thank you so much for being open to doing this. I know it was a sensitive topic, and it didn't happen that long ago. When did we put Jax down? Uh, Jax got put down about two and a half weeks ago. He was sick for a little while before that, obviously, for three months before that. But yeah, two and a half weeks ago, we had to put him down. So it's uh, it's been a challenge since then. and. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, as, as with anything, there's some positives and some negatives that are really coming out of it. So, yeah. And that's what I want to share as well. So let's go back a little bit because I only met Jax three years ago when I met you. So I didn't even know, I guess, how that would have felt for you. I mean, I was upset. I cried, but tell us about Jax. How did you actually get him? How did he start? Um, I've always wanted a dog. We always had a few family pets, but they're always a dog that I probably wouldn't have chosen, to be fair. <laughs> the Pomeranian. <laughs> Pomeranian or a Maltese Shih Tzu. So I wanted something different, something with a bit more oomph, I'd say. So, um, yeah, we purchased Jax through a breeder in Werribee in Melbourne, and we got him in 2013, and he was 
the runt of the litter. So he was the one that was always running around biting the other dogs and there was something different about him, which I liked. So he had a bit of character. So yeah, we got him in 2013 in April, I think it was. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, 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 that was a really good time. Um, I was with my ex-partner at that time and um, it was just good to have somebody around. Mm, Having that company and... Yeah, 100%. And I love that you chose the one with a bit of bit of character, a bit of oomph. I'd mm. never really come across a staffy before. He was an English? English staffy. Yeah, English blue, staffy. Blue staffy. And I'd never experienced anything. He had this personality where he was just so affectionate and so playful and, yeah, had his own, like, traumas and a bit of anxiety. But he was just, yeah, he was such a character. So that's how you, you got him. Now, when did you start noticing he was sick because yeah tell the story of when we got that surgery and what led to that i think yeah obviously throughout jack's life there's always been little things that i've had to take him for the to the vet for you know he's he's had stomach yeah stomach issues where he's just eaten something wrong and he's had to go get some antibiotics and that to clear his stomach i've always really had that but um it was probably about four months ago where i started to notice things that he's never really done before Probably mm. the most significant was him not wanting to walk. He's always yes. wanted to walk. And um, we'd probably only walk 100 metres down the street and he would just anchor himself and just say, oh, I'm not walking anymore, I want to go back. And just things from there started to, yeah, there was things that started to show that was very uncommon for Jacks. You know, he wasn't eating as much. He wasn't as mobile. And you sort of put it down to, is it old age? Is he just getting older and he's obviously not moving as much? But I think as time progressed, you know, and it wasn't a long time. It was only probably a period of a month from when I started to notice these things to the point where, um, yeah, he was on the balcony vomiting violently and we rushed him to hospital or the emergency vet. Mm. And um, he had emergency surgery, removed 20 centimetres of his small intestine because it was completely blocked from cancer. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a process. It was quite um, emotional. Um, you know, there was a, a good chance that he might not make it through from his age. Um, How old was he? He was 11. 11. Mm. Is that so, old? Uh, look, the life expectancy varies, I think, from about 12 to 14. But I think for a staffy, it probably is a bit... It's not young, but it's not... It's. I don't think he... Yeah, he, 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 I think he would have done another three or four years if he didn't get cancer, to be fair. Mm. They usually do live up to around 13, 14. So, but yeah, I just had to rush him to the hospital and he had emergency surgery and they removed his intestine, 20 centimeters of it. And, um, yeah, from, from as far as I'm aware, the feedback that I got from the vet was that it was, it was a great success. They removed it. They had a bit of a look around and couldn't really see anything else that was concerning. So yeah, we got on with things. They, they advised me, they said, look, it is cancer. It is it isn't an aggressive cancer, but the type of cancer that he had um, was probably expected to come back in the next sort of year or two at, at the max. So mm. they said just keep looking out for him and see if there's any signs and so forth. So we brought him home and for the next two months, he was amazing. He was, it was like he was, he was a year old, one year old again. He was just running around. He was full of life, wanted to walk again, um, eating, playing um, yeah, back to one-year-old Jacks. It was, mm. it, was, it, was, it was amazing. So, um, 
yeah it sort of got a little bit better from then now that you say that i i'm actually reflecting when we were back in melbourne so we moved to the gold coast last year in no yeah january so it's been one year but i remember when we were living in melbourne in south yarra he was doing that thing where he wouldn't walk and we just put it down to oh he's not walking with you remember how we just thought it's because the other person wasn't there yeah. Do you think that was it, the start of the sickness? Or do you think he genuinely... Because he doesn't walk when the other person's not there and he's... Sometimes, yeah. On most occasions, that was the case. Once we were, like That never happened when I was by myself and I was walking him. He never stopped that. But I think, yeah, the staff is a very family-orientated dogs mm. and they're very like wolf pack mentality. So, yeah, if you're not there or you're leg- lagging behind, he always anchors himself and waits for you. Like, that's that was just Jack's, but... Um, yeah, on reflection, uh, after he passed away, it did make me wonder, like, how, how long, long was he sick for? Because there was some times where, you know, he wa- he was walking and then he'd stop and I just, you know, I'd, I'd come on, Jax, let's go, let's go. And you just wonder, like, how far back yeah. the, pro- the cancer had come and and how and how long it had been affecting him for. Because I think, look, they're, they're pretty strong dogs. They don't really show much pain or anything like that. He's had a so many things happened to him throughout his life where you're just like, oh my God, like how are you just sitting there and just... Yeah, they hide it. They just hide it so well. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he could have been in pain. It could be a night. I guess we'll never know. But I mean, from you just got to put it down to, from your perspective, have you done everything possible to mm. help him? and To check. Which, which we did. Yeah. And I think, so number one is just noticing any unusual signs or symptoms from your dog. I feel... Maybe because I didn't know Jax as long, there were things I sort of mentioned to you that, you know, I thought, oh, there's something wrong with him or he's not well. And you're like, nah, nah, he just, you know, ate a chicken bone or, oh, nah, he's, you know, had something on the street and this is really common for him. Do you think there was part of you that was in denial that he was sick? Um, it's a good question. I don't, I don't think that there was any denial that he was sick. I think for me, obviously having him for 10 years 11 years there's so many things that he's done that he's just like you know he's, 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 <laughs> he was just, bulletproof they're just so tough like seriously like one story is he cut his he cut his toe off we had a glass mirror in the house remember that <laughs> yes we went to get coffee and we just had a glass mirror that was standing and then what happened when we got home well he was wet it was it was raining that day and we'd, we were moving into this other into the new house and I had a glass mirror leaning up against the wall I hadn't hanged it up yet I just put it up against the wall on resting on the ground where I was going to hang it and I came back and the mirror was upside down on the ground and I'm like shit that's a pretty heavy mirror that's odd that that would have fallen Mm. Um, and yeah I went for a shower and then I get you rushing in screaming saying there's blood everywhere I don't know what's going on and I came out and he's sitting in his bed in a a pool pool. of blood just licking his paw Not, not crying or anything like that just licking his paw and just yeah, just nothing really, not showing any type of pain or, and, uh, I grabbed him, wrapped him up in a blanket, took him to the vet and yeah, he sliced off about a centimeter of his toe, mm. one of his toes. And obviously the mirror fell on him and yeah, just, just stuff like that. Like you're having him for so long and anybody who's got those types of dogs, the staffies, the pit bulls and all that type of stuff, you know that they're just so tough. They're just, there isn't yeah. really much that stops them or, 
Mm. Yeah, I remember I was feeding your dog <laughs> avocado on social media and people were inboxing me saying, oh my gosh, you can't give a dog avocado. I didn't know these rules, but he was fine. He wasn't even sick, so he was very strong. But just on that story, there was red stuff on the floor and I thought it was capsicum because I was cooking breakfast. And then when I looked, it was a trail of blood and then I'd found what looked like a horn on the floor and it was his toenail. So <laughs> our hypothesis is that Maybe he saw his reflection in the mirror, jumped on the mirror, the mirror fell, cut his toenail, and then he just was wandering around the house, just dripping blood. But he was, yeah, he was such, you know, a strong, strong dog. So he was unwell in September, and I secretly feel bad because back then I'm like, oh, babe, it's old age. You know, I think it's his time to go. I think you've just got to accept it. And you kept saying, Steph, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And something inside of you, your intuition was telling you to take him to emergency. What made you act on that? Because normally you listen to me, but this was the first time you didn't. Yeah, I think obviously I I saw him deteriorate quite quickly. Um, I, I remember we... We took him to the vet during the week and they just said, look, we can do all these tests and everything on him and x-rays and ultrasounds and blood tests and so forth. And, you know, it could be it could be something serious or it could be something um, just blind, like he's eaten something that's just upset his stomach. And he's because he, every time he had his upset stomach, he'd eat grass, which is most dogs do that. Mm. And um, obviously, yeah, I mean, every time you take him to the vet, you know, it does get quite expensive. It is an expensive process. We didn't yeah. have any pet insurance because I've never really had pet insurance although he's he's caused me a few issues he's never really been one of those dogs that goes to the vet very often yeah okay but um yeah just I yeah we took him to the vet um they gave him some paste that I had to put in his mouth some tablets that I had to feed him but yeah it just it just progressed over the next three to four days very 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 bad so I had to uh, I remember it was a Saturday and I'd taken him to the vet on the Thursday and he wasn't getting any better and he took and went and took a sip of water and I, he ran out onto the balcony and he just threw up it was like the exorcist mm. just like a he would never normally do that so I, I knew something was wrong and we took him to the vet and obviously yeah that was when we found out he had cancer he had emergency surgery and from there, I think then once you have that realization that you know that, hey, it is something a lot more serious, then every time something pops up, it's like, well, could it be that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about the emotion of guilt, because I think a lot of guilt comes up when you have a pet or when you're you know, dealing with their illness. Like, for example, you think, oh, my gosh, all those times I tried to force him to go for a walk, he had cancer or he was in pain or he had a twisted bowel. And I feel like even when we put him down, there was still a lot of of guilt, like psychological guilt. Is it the right time? Are you meant to put him down? Can you go on another day? Because when he went to the vet, he was happy. He was excited. And I know it's adrenaline, but one of the things people reported to me was that being unsure if putting them down is the right decision. So along this journey, did you experience any guilt? Um, yeah, I did. The first time after I found out that he had cancer, I did feel guilty because there was occasions where I'm like, come on, Jack's walk. And I sort of, I didn't pull him, but it was more like a forceful, come on, let's keep on going. And, you know, you just wonder whether, obviously, whether, I hope he wasn't, but you rather wonder whether he was in a lot of pain at that mm. time. But no, like, I look, I felt guilty. I think the most guilt I felt was when you have to make the decision to put the dog down. Yes. And it was quite 
It was so sudden. It was so sudden. It was so quick. And you're just like, well, am I making the right decision? You know, you, you, you sort of see a bit of life in him and you're like, well, is it the right thing to do? Am I going too early? You know, and it was it was tough. It's a tough decision to make, but I think selfishly, you want him to be around for longer. You you know you want to postpone the inevitable, but you know, are you doing that selfishly for your own for your own good, or mm. are you doing what's right for the dog? So, yeah, he was look. He did. He always went into a rampage when he was at the vet. He was always looking for other dogs, and he loved going to the vet because it was his opportunity to come face to face with other dogs, but. Um, yeah, look, I did feel a bit of guilt, but I think reflecting after he passed away, it was the right thing to do. I did everything that I could for him. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I think they were the, probably the best decisions that you could make in that situation. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all you can really do. Yeah, for sure. And just on the suddenness of it, and I think that plays a big role in how challenging it is when you've got a sick pet or you've got to put them down. So we got a call from the vet because she took him in and said, look, I'm going to do some tests. So the process is they'll usually do blood tests and the blood tests will just tell you symptoms such as the dog's dehydrated. So then they're like, let's put him on a drip. And it's all well and good because you're healing these symptoms, but you don't actually know the cause. So we sort of just said to them, look, can we bypass the blood test? Can we go straight to the ultrasound? We just want to know if it's cancer, how far gone is it? And what is the process? She called us at 12.30 and said it's not good. She had found lumps in his abdomen and said, I don't want to, you know, keep him in pain um, much longer. And she gave us the option of the 1.30 and 5 o'clock time slot to put him down. Mm. Did you feel mm. pressure when that happened? Yeah, you feel pressure. You feel uncertain. Like, you don't know what the right thing to do is. Like, selfishly, like I said, you want to spend a bit more time with them. But I sort of, yeah, I mean, I took that call and I know you were in the room, but um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, didn't, I don't think I panicked, but I think I just thought of it from the sense of don't be selfish. You know, mm. he's, he's, by the sounds of it, what she's saying to me is that he's in pain and, you know, the right thing to do is to probably put him down as quick as possible. But yeah, I mean, I, I made that decision initially, hey, I'm just going to put him down at one thirty, which was at you know, an hour later yeah. from when the call was happening. And I remember, you know, you, you remember the story when I put the phone down. You're mm. like, "Well, are you thinking straight? Why don't you actually go pick him up? Why don't yeah. you take him?" And yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful you mentioned that because it was it was it was really good. Well, we went and picked him up, and we we took him to the park, and we had some McDonald's. And... <laughs> we said, "Let's give him his best last day." You know what? He's been even even if he's in pain. A couple of hours. He's going to be sedated. Let's just do it. So we decided to go to the vet, kidnap him, and have the best last day. And I think he just wasn't himself. And that's what I think the thing was for me is, yes, you can keep them longer, but are they having the same quality of life? We'd be eating dinner and he'd go outside and sip. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. By himself. That was so uncharacteristic of him he used to jump on us or want food and it was just sad it was it's like he just checked out and it was sad to see and just seeing him as this new version of himself or this you know like slower version you just know they're not the same and that's where you've got to really question are you doing the right thing for well, i think i think also he knew as well i think he knew. he knew he definitely knew i think the last day yeah he definitely knew what was going on he was aware um so yeah, I think I think he'd also realised that hey, like this is this is the final process. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the process of putting a pet down. I definitely think it's wise to have a dog bank account or funds allocated to a bank account over time for your pets. I mean, pet insurance is really good to help mitigate this. But I think when you're going through a stressful time, the last thing you want to be worried about is you know a six thousand dollar operation and any unexpected costs so if you're listening to this and you think that would be useful definitely think about putting some money aside even a little bit a week for these unexpected uh, costs we didn't have pet insurance so yeah it was a little bit pricey to go through all of this this process how much did it cost from i guess you know the process of getting the tests and putting him down and the cremation and the options. Yeah, the well, the first time, the first time that he went to hospital for the emergency surgery was the most expensive. Yes. So that was I had already spent about fifteen hundred bucks that week at the vet doing just you know blood tests. Um, I didn't go do an ultrasound or anything like that, but I just did blood tests, and they gave him all these different antibiotics and stuff like that because they thought he was dehydrated and he had a sore stomach. Mm. They gave me the option to go down that path, but knowing Jack's from previous experiences, it's always he's eaten something or yeah. something's upset his stomach. So I thought that that was going to fix the problem. And yeah, I mean, I, I did what I did and obviously that didn't fix the problem. So we had to rush him to emergency surgery on a Saturday, which was we couldn't take him to the vet that we normally take him to because they were closed. So obviously... If, yeah, that's a lot more expensive. Well, I'm not, I don't know if it's a lot more expensive, but it is more expensive. Mm. So yeah, that that emergency surgery and process cost about seven and a half grand. Was it? I thought it was six. No, nah, all up. So uh, fifteen hundred. So six grand plus the fifteen hundred oh, for the week. Okay. So about seven and a half grand wow. that week. But you know, it's 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 like I said, it's hard. It's your your pet. You know, at that. I remember, point. he was just looking at you, and he's like, "Are you going to leave me like this?" Yeah, I know. And that was the first time that was I broke down. He cried. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's it was, just it's, you're not so you're not emotional. prepared. Like, imagine if one day they're like, "Yep, seven and a half thousand dollars." Well, maybe some people are prepared, but your dog's just looking at you. you it's know? also like you just like you just. Yeah, it's, it's it's obviously it's a lot of money, but. You know, you just you don't you you just wonder like are they in pain? You know, am I making the right decision? Anyway, so we went through with it. We had the surgery, um, and then the next time, I was a bit more prepared, going back with the same symptoms. Mm. So obviously they wanted to do a blood test, which doesn't really show much. It just shows if he's dehydrated and his levels, which 
would only indicate that he's got some type of stomach bug or something like that, which yeah. based on his previous experience with having cancer, it was, for me, it was, you know, potential obvious that he has cancer again. So I didn't want to spend the, you know, a thousand bucks for blood tests and, <clears throat> excuse me, and the, um, you know, the ultra, the x-rays and so forth. So we just went straight to the ultrasound because yeah. I said to the vet, look, you know, happy to spend the money for the ultrasound because that'll indicate to me whether he, the cancer's come back. And if it has, then we know it's that and we don't have to worry about drips and blood tests and all that type of stuff. And yeah, that morning she did the ultrasound and she found masses in his stomach. She'd found that his bowel had given way so he couldn't control it. Mm. I think it was punctured as well. And um, yeah, it was very, was very, okay. very quick from there. It was, it was the same day. Yeah, and then when we went to put him down, I think the cost varies. It's between 200 and 500 and I know some people who've had their dog put down at home because the dog has a vet phobia, so it just depends. Because we did it at the vet, it was on the lower end of it, and I just want to do a shout-out to the vets. They were amazing. They were extremely empathetic. They give you all the information to prepare for the process. So we went into a room, and you have a blanket on the floor. You can say goodbye and the dog goes in another room to prep for the procedure and you can leave your dog there you don't have to be in the room while they put them down but oh my gosh i heard that apparently when you're not in the room they look for you and that made me feel really sad yeah i was never gonna i was never gonna leave him by himself but that's just that's that was just my decision it's not doesn't mean that it's right or wrong and people who don't go into the room doesn't mean that they're yeah a bad person just means um i just wanted to be there for it but um yeah, it was a tough, for me, honestly, the, the the lead up and everything before that was a more emotional than the actual putting him down. Yeah. I don't I, know I, why. I didn't, I've I didn't, never I, seen I, you I just, cry so much. I just, and it I was think, really nice to let you, like, see that part of you. I think it was just, yeah, the, the lead up was a lot, I was very emotional, but I think I was sort of prepared for it. I knew it was going to happen. You sort of, you know, you sort of know that they're in pain and you're going to give them, you know, put them at ease. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, yeah, like you said, shout out to the vets because it was such a well done process and they're so respectful of the whole circumstance. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was actually a pleasant experience. Yeah. And what really got me was Jack's never walks off with anyone else. If someone takes his lead, even when we took him to the vet earlier that day, he wouldn't go with the nurse and he was looking at us and then the minute she went to take him to the back room where they prepare them, he just walked on through. He's like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, he knew. He knew he was going. And um, Even she said he knew. Yeah, they know. They know. They know. They're not oh. silly. So, yeah, it was, it was it was a nice process. He knew. Happens very quickly. Oh, my so gosh. So you got to prepare for that. It happens. It's over in about 15, 20 seconds. So. They give them two injections. I think it was three three yeah, there three. was the sedating one and then the one that stops the heart yeah there was three in total and the last one was this green it's like a green liquid yes so but yeah it happens very quickly they it's it's very and there's no pain just so lying that's that's, down. that's good to know that he wasn't in pain it's just yeah basically put to sleep and then there's a, a some type of chemical or something that's administered that basically stops his heart when he's asleep so he doesn't mm. even know so and it looks like they're lying there so just in case you're not aware of this, dog's eyes stay open when they pass away. So he was lying there with his eyes open. So it looked like he just was resting. It didn't look like, yeah, anything else. So 
you stay there they give you some time if you need and then they take care of everything so you can choose to have the dog cremated or you can choose to have the dog buried it's buried on council property this is in the gold coast this might vary depending on where you're located and it's not like a grave site where you can visit them or anything like that what made you choose to go down the cremation path um i just had yeah i mean jack's meant a lot to me and we've been through a lot together, so <clears throat> I wanted a piece of him moving on. So I was always going to go down the cremation path, or if I had, you know, obviously because we we don't, you know, we move around a lot, so we're renting. And um, obviously, if I had a house, maybe I would have considered burying him in the backyard if I was going to live there for a mm, while. Yeah. But obviously, because we move around, I'm not going to really bury him anywhere. So I think cremation was the next best thing, and yeah, it was it was uh, it was a that was a nice experience as well. I mean, yeah, the, the pet angels service here was really, really good. So and good. They were really, really good. And we went and picked up his ashes. And, um, yeah, now we've got a piece of him at home. Mm, and they had this location you go to and you walk in and there are these two little dogs. There's all these urns you can choose from. You can get a necklace with the ashes. And they're like, do you want to come in and see Jax? And we're thinking, what? And they take him to this room and it's like a memorial. There's mm. chairs, there's tissues. And your box is sitting at the front. And it was so nicely done. They had a card and they put a paw print of Jax's paw in the card. They put the fur in a little bag. And your uh, we got a big a big urn with his name on it and a small one for uh, your brother. And they were yeah extremely empathetic, really peaceful, really respectful. And, yeah, I guess after all that happened, I mean, it's been a few weeks. Do you feel you've process the grief do you feel it's been up and down what's been i guess challenging after um i think the challenges are the little triggers you don't realize how many things you do on a daily basis that involve your pet Mm. for example waking up in the morning opening up his cage taking him for a walk so you can go to the toilet you know coming back feeding him walk obviously walks um, even just having him around. Like there's been a few times where I've put on a pair of shorts and there's a poop bag in it. <laughs> yeah, his bags are bag. everywhere. And it's like, oh, Jax is rem- reminding me of him so I don't forget him. But no, I, I think about him. I light a candle for him every day. And um, yeah, it gets easier. It gets, it gets easier, but it also, yeah, he's always in the back of my mind and yeah, always thinking of him. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's also part of life and it was actually really funny because I, I was obviously a few people in the building found out and one of the ladies came up to me and gave me a hug and said you know I'm sorry about your dog and she said she said something that was really nice she said look I know that it seems like it's a short period of time or you've lost Jacks and you know it, it sucks but you just got to look at it from the perspective that he's been you've been around for his whole life yeah and it's true you know he lived 11 years old which is you know, 77, whatever years, dog years. So he lived his life. But yeah, when you just compare it to, obviously to us, it seems like a short time, but he was here for the, for a long period of his life. So yeah, it's a good way to look at it. It helps you sort of process it. And um, yeah, I don't know. He's been part of our life, but we've been all he's known his whole life. Exactly right. Oh, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. (laughs) So yeah, I think the week it happened, you... I noticed you weren't present. It's almost like you dissociated and I was trying to be 
really patient and really kind of empathetic but it's hard because life does go on and there's things you got to do and things you got to organize and I think for me the challenge was okay like I understand this is really hard for you and I want to give space and it was you know challenging for both of us but you especially because he's your dog um do you think it's just time does time help you sort of become functional again not that you weren't functional but you just you weren't as present as you normally are well obviously yeah that lead up that week or two before that it was hard because he was you know his bowel had given way he was walking around and we had to clean up after him all the time because mm. he was dripping and, you know, it was, he couldn't control his bowels, which was hard. So it's like a full-time job. He couldn't sleep at night, have to wake up three or four times during the night and get him. And he had yeah, gone to the toilet on his bed, which yeah. wasn't pleasant. You have to get up and you have to put it in the washing machine and clean it. And He was crying at yeah, night. Yeah, it's just hard. It's hard to function when you've got all this stuff going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard. Of course it was hard. It was mm. hard. It was hard to stay focused it's hard to think about anything else because you know you you know I've, I've great relationship with jacks you know he's been there for me through some really tough times and yeah he's like it's like my son so um yeah it was hard to process it was yeah you're frustrated you're you know you're sympathetic as well at the same time for the dog and trying to juggle the challenges of life as well as that mm, and the timing was challenging as well because it was happening just before we were going to Melbourne but the timing was actually really good because we were struggling to find a kennel to put him in and we were going to give him to a lady in the building and I was a bit worried because she'd had young kids so yeah it's almost like he knew and he did this at this time um for us so what about life now obviously it's hard and we miss him but has there been any I guess not benefits, but has any aspects of your life changed without him around in any way? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the main one is, you know, we travel a little bit as well. So every time you travel, you've got to find a place for him to stay. So whether that's at a kennel or whether that's, you know, with somebody, which we always used to really put him in a kennel, but, you know, over Christmas and that can be quite challenging unless you book well in advance. So, yeah, I think... You know, the being able to just get up and do whatever you want or go somewhere for the weekend without having to worry about, you know, where, where am I going to put Jax, who's going to look after him and so forth. I think that's mm. that's been, yeah, that's been a positive. Um, and then, yeah, I think there's the negatives are like, yeah, it's, he, dry, he makes you walk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My steps have never been so high since this relationship. My step intake has just been astronomical yeah so he might yeah obviously they keep you, know, you healthy you for a walk, they keep you healthy they you know they they they're good for your mental clarity as well you know they they come and they jump on your leg or they give you a hug and stuff like that we used to always wake up every morning and have a five minute cuddle and play play fight on the on the carpet <laughs> which he loved and boys he used to run and grab his toy and try to fight me with it so yeah all those little things are things that you really miss and value when you reflect so yeah, there's so many benefits to your mental health. You know, with having pets, they reduce your stress. They can actually help reduce your blood pressure too. They provide companionship, a sense of stability, consistency, and routine. They can give you a sense of purpose because you have to look after them. And they also can increase your social interaction. You know, you walk past people and, oh, you know, 
hi, tell us about your dog. I never realized there's a community of people who love Staffies. And when I started putting him on Instagram, people just loved it. So thank you everyone for your messages. And if you've stuck around to the end, thank you so much for being here. We really hope that this episode has helped you, I guess, understand a bit more about the process of going through a difficult time with your pet. I believe the message really is to just allow yourself sufficient time to grieve. It can be really painful and grief is a natural response. So just, yeah, validate how you're feeling, talk about it with people and do what makes you feel better. And if you need, always get professional help. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there any parting words or words of advice you want to give the listeners? Um, probably that, you know, when, when the time comes and, you know, I've, I've actually, it's funny because after Jack's passed away, there was another person that I know that was in a similar situation and she was making the decision on what she wants to do and a little bit, you know, selfishly, I think she was trying to hold on as long as she can and prolong it, mm. even though she probably maybe wasn't the right right move. But I think, yeah, you just, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong time to do it. I think, yeah, if you if, if if it's quite obvious that the dog's suffering and, and you know, it's it's it seems like the right thing to do, then just go with your gut and make that decision because, you know, selfishly you want to keep them around for a little bit longer, but, you know, a day or two isn't going to really make a difference. And um, I think, yeah, just don't beat yourself up over it and, and just know that you are making the right decision. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. And if you've got a pet, give him an extra tight squeeze tonight we will see you in the next episode if you loved this or enjoyed it or found it useful please reach out and let me know on instagram leave a rating or a review and we'll see you in the next episode ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.